Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer Rohan Nodgurney. Rohan, I have a feeling that this morning is bittersweet for you. Your beloved Miami Dolphins barely beat my New England Patriots yesterday afternoon. And then having quickly realized that a victory in Week 17 does not, in fact, earn a ticker tape parade, the Dolphins fired their head coach, four-time Super Bowl champion, Brian Flores, early this morning. Just a whirlwind of emotions for you, I'm sure. Okay. So I know that I, like, come on here every week with, like, Dolphins propaganda. Um, My... The true feelings have always been like this has been an unserious franchise my entire life. Like they're a joke. Steve Ross is a joke. I just have never liked Steve Ross, the owner who consistently makes the wrong decision at every turn, who claims to care about social justice and holds uh, fundraisers for Donald Trump. But here's here's what I'd say about the Dolphins. First of all, absolutely whooped up on the Patriots, uh, went up 17-0. That game was never close until... The defense went soft in the last, literally the last eight minutes of the game. Two was three and zero. Two was three and zero against the Patriots. Uh, just dominated that game in all three phases with a more disciplined team. We're the better team for the entire day. So that was really satisfying. That was great. Um, like people are like they didn't make the playoffs. Like making the playoffs is so arbitrary in the NFL. Like they finished with the same record as the Chargers. They finished with the same record as the 49ers. They finished with a better point differential than a couple teams that made the playoffs. <laughs> like the idea that you'd fire him based off something like, oh, like, oh, you lost this tiebreaker. But if we'd won this certain tiebreaker, we make the playoffs just goes to show like it is interesting, Mike, because I've been following the NFL like a lot more closely this year than I have in the last four or five years. And especially after starting to cover basketball, the nature of that league is so different. 
And in the NBA, it feels like teams are nowhere near as short-sighted as they are in the NFL. And I think a lot of that has to do with the nature of the sports, et cetera. But, it, I mean, I again, I you know how I feel about Tua, which is basically like they got to – I would rather them give that guy a shot than trade for someone who has nearly two dozen sexual harassment lawsuits pending against them, which is what – again Steve Ross wanted to do during the season so uh, unfortunately that guy's the decision maker of this franchise and it is what it is and I, I don't know a single Dolphins fan who appreciates or like the decisions he makes I don't even know if Brian Flores is a good coach I just know that I I trust him more than I trust the owner who's just been largely responsible for this mess for nearly 15 years now I see a lot of pain in your eyes, pain in your face. It just is um, like a very familiar feeling of like, wow, like you just know this team is, you just know when they make a big, big decision, they've made the wrong one. That's what it comes down to. It's, it's like you can, you can just assume that they made the wrong decision based on the owner's track record. This is my childhood as a sports fan with the Celtics, the Red Sox, and the Patriots, and then... Once I became a teenager, all of them got good, and it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. But dark times, I can totally relate. Um, just tra- a traumatic childhood for me as a sports <laughs> fan. So I I, I truly um, am empathetic to your situation. Hopefully your long-running nightmare is over soon, and Steve Ross sells the team. I don't think that's going to happen yeah, uh, anytime soon, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> I just hope... I, in all seriousness, like I, I've definitely like leaned in heavy on the the Tua propaganda on Twitter, especially like after you watch. I know we're doing a lot of football here at the job, but you watch like that Chargers Raiders game last night. I don't know that the NBA will ever have a regular season game as compelling as that one. It pains me to say. Um, and yeah, I just I don't think Tua is quite as good as say a Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, but. I'd rather see him get one normal season with the Dolphins than them do just some of the stupid short-sighted decisions they've made for the most history of the franchise. Again, I just I see I see hurt in your face. I'm sorry I even brought this up. I thought this was going to be fun at the top of the show. It's become it's become uh, a downer. I would, and, it was uh, going to be a lot of fun <laughs> if we could have just focused on them whooping up the Patriots, sweeping we them for the first time in 20 years. But, you know, unfortunately, they had to ruin that. They couldn't even give me that. They couldn't even give me three more hours. If they'd given me three more hours, I could have just come in hot. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that went over the pats. But, alas, I'm just going to be looking at photos of the Adebayo on Tatum block for the next couple hours to to center myself. Absolutely. So the good news is we have a lot of fun stuff to get to on today's mm-hmm. show. We have Clay Thompson's return and what it means for the Warriors. We have Kawhi Leonard reportedly being ahead of schedule in his rehab, whatever that means, and what that means for the rest of the <laughs> league. And so much more. But first, a quick reminder to all of our wonderful listeners to please keep the emails coming in. Openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Uh, Rohan, uh, let's start with Clay Thompson because this is just this is just an awesome story. Um, yesterday, after tearing his ACL and rupturing his Achilles, Clay made his tri- triumphant return to the court on Sunday night against the Cavs, scoring 17 points in 20 minutes. He took 18 shots, just just vintage Clay. Um, 
he made his very first shot, this runner in the paint. He dunked in traffic, which was just like the just the greatest moment of 2022 so far. Uh, went three for eight from behind the arc. He got blown by a few times on defense. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, and sparked this like really vintage uh, clay, vintage classic Warriors uh, run to start the third quarter. That what, basically would you say, just like would you say it was away. vintage? I would say, did I say the word vintage too many times? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. It, was a, it was an appropriate amount of time. So sorry. I'm still, I'm still reeling. <laughs> well, I mean, what I guess like when we when we look at the the vintage um, Clay Thompson <laughs> performance, just just what are your what were your thoughts? Watch. I know you wrote about it on SI.com. You did a fantastic recap. Everyone should go check that out. But what are your thoughts uh, on what you saw yesterday? So I had a few. I had three thoughts even that you could read on sportsillustrated.com right now if you so choose that I'll briefly recap here. I mean, first and foremost, I think the NBA just really needed a night like that one. I feel like it's been a long time since people were really looking forward to a regular season game. It felt like the first game this season anyone actually had a vested interest in that the casual fan could kind of get behind and watch. So I thought it was great. And, you know, I tweeted this and I mean it. And it just was a great example of why it's so cool when teams do stay together. And I know the Warriors obviously have not had the exact same roster for the last 10 years. But the fact that they've had the main people in place for a while now, including Steve Kerr, Steph Plandre, Iguodala left, he came back. Uh, just the fact that they've, they've had these cast of characters. And I loved how the Warriors kind of leaned into it. You know, Draymond was injured, but they let him start. So everyone, the fans, the players could have that moment of their three guys back on the court together. Uh, that stuff's awesome. That's what makes team sports uh, so special. So I thought that was just a great moment and really something the NBA season needed. Um, building off of that, I mean, I think Clay looked good. You, you kind of hit the highlights there. He looked really well. Second and third quarters, especially once he settled into the game. I'm sure his heart rate, I couldn't even imagine what it must have been like during that first stretch. Um, I'm interested in a couple things. First and foremost, what is their closing lineup going to be? Because I think they have more options, frankly, than they've ever had before if they're looking for that quote-unquote, you know, death lineup 3.0. We know Wiggins, Steph, Clay, and Dre in a playoff game are going to be four guys on the court down the stretch. But then you have options. You have Looney. You have Wiseman, potentially. Uh you have the steel. Wow. The f- I gotta say, the first two names that you just yeah. threw out there are not the first. <laughs> not, two not the likely one. You you have the steel Bielitsa, but then and also I mean you have if you want you know another guy to hound guards defensively, you have Gary Payton the second. Um, obviously you have Iguodala. Uh, Otto Porter's had moments this season. If you want to go mm-hmm. super small and rely on scoring, you have Jordan Poole. Uh, they just have so many options now to close games. I think that's going to be really interesting. I also think it'll be I – would, I would expect some hiccups kind of working Clay back into the rotation here only because you have those aforementioned players who've really settled into their roles, and now everyone's going to have to kind of adjust a bit to accommodate him. So there might be a couple hiccups, but I think they have so many options to close games now, and that's got to be pretty frightening. Yeah, I think this is the – biggest takeaway and now that clay is is healthy and he's actually on the court and we know that he can run and he can he can dunk in traffic and he can get shots up but i thought he competed on the defensive end you know Mm -hmm. i said at the top that he 
like he got blown by a couple times on closeouts and it's like okay it's his first game in what is it like 941 days or whatever yeah. i'm not expecting him to look like Kawhi leonard did in the 2013 finals it's just like not that should not be the expectation um but he competed. He was on Garland for a stretch. Uh, did a pretty good job against the. I mean, he played against a really weird team too. The yeah, he was guarding team. a lot of guys in the post there. Yeah, yeah. So it was. It's tough to take a, a ton away from this one game. But uh, I thought he looked. He looked good and good enough to say, okay, I don't think that the Warriors are going to be active participants in the trade deadline. I think this is their big addition. They still haven't gotten Wiseman back, you mentioned. I think there also is a universe where Wiseman can close a playoff game for you. If you need size, I don't necessarily... You know, we'll see how Wiseman looks. That's a different conversation for a different day. But when we talk about who should close for this team, we kind of have this set four, as you you outlined, and then who that fifth guy it could just be, you know, we, we switch it up from... Mm-hmm. Uh, from game to game and just see how you know Kerr has done that in the past for sure just like see the rhythm of the game see how things are going but they just have a they have a ton of options and if clay the thing about clay also is like even if he shoots two for ten from the floor the threat of him on the court is always going to just be a plus primo gravity like he's they're guarding him a lot tighter than they're guarding jordan Poole. 100%. 100%. The respect factor is through the roof for him. So I think he'll definitely help. And Golden State's offense is quietly dipped outside of the top 10 right now. So they don't need him, but he's a wonderful addition to have, I think. So it's just going to be really interesting to see how he works through the hiccups, how his body reacts mm-hmm. to the rigors of the season. Um, I'm personally going to get to see him in person, hopefully, this week because I'm traveling for a story and I'm very, very, very excited about it. And it's just awesome to have Clay back. Like, Clay mm-hmm. is, uh, as a personality, I was watching all these clips of when he was out doing the TV interviews. He's the funniest person in the league, bar none. I don't know who's funnier. Uh, his personality is is singular in all the best ways. He's beloved. And uh, as you said at the top also, like, the NBA kind of needed... I don't think they needed it. I think it was it was just a wonderful moment that a lot of people I think can relate to Mm -hmm. who enjoy watching basketball. So I promised um, our editor, Matt Wong, I told him, listen to open floor because I got, I'm going to have a hot take for you. I texted (laughs) him this yesterday. So you ready, Mike? I'm ready. They're my title favorite. The Warriors are my title favorite. I've seen enough. I've seen enough. The fact that clay had the confidence to go for that dunk told me all I needed to know. This guy's not pulling a single punch. He's got the utmost confidence in his body. And beyond that, and, you know, we've touched on this, the depth they have, I think, is what gives me hope for them against, you know, match them up against any team in the league. I think you told me recently you think Brooklyn is maybe still your title favorite, which I understand. The way I look at it, I think Durant and Steph are both just kind of unstoppable in their own ways. I know Steph's had this, you know, quote-unquote slump. Recently, I, I'm not worried about that in the slightest. But beyond that, I just look at the overall depth that Golden State has and what they've cultivated with those role players. 
uh, I just don't think any other team in the league has that, frankly. I think the Warriors can play so many different styles. Um, their defense is still remarkable. I, I'm not worried about them, certainly offensively. I don't think that they're going to stay outside of the top 10, especially once Clay gets worked back into the lineup. I just look at them as having a, that distinct advantage over Brooklyn, over Utah, over Phoenix when it comes to guys two through eight. And the fact that they can throw out all these different kinds of players in a playoff series, whether it's pool one night, whether it's GP2 another night, Auto Border, Bielitsa, et cetera. Uh, you know, even Kaminga is a guy that can come in uh, for certain defensive possessions and make a huge impact. So I, I genuinely do believe the other title favorite. I, don't, I, I know I said I was going to have a hot take, but I don't even think it's that hot, man. I just think that they have uh, such a well-balanced roster now in a way that they didn't even during their title years. I two things. I I do not think that that is that hot, and I also am basically out of the f- title favorite picking business after watching mm. the Brooklyn Nets uh, play the San Antonio <laughs> Spurs over the weekend. <laughs> I was just like, what is what is happening with this team? That like, yeah, I just there's a lot of teams I think can win the title this year. I'll just like leave it at that. I think your heat can win the title. I think the bucks can win the title. I think the Nets can win the title. I think the Suns, the jazz, the warriors, the there's like, I don't even know, but this also leads us into our first email um, of the episode, uh, which is coming in from Gavin. Fascinating question. Gavin writes, Hey, I just have a quick question for you guys. Which player's return would have a more considerable impact on their team's record? Anthony Davis for the Lakers or Jamal Murray with the Nuggets? Also, why does no one talk about how much Rick Carlisle and Jim Carrey look alike? Uh, so, this <laughs> wonderful first email first, from... First of all, I do think people will talk about that. I hate to be, burst your bubble, Gavin. I'm not sure if this is uh, Gavin O'Connor, the, the director of several Ben Affleck movies. But uh, I'm pretty sure the Rick Carlisle, Jim Carrey resemblance has been pointed out several times before. I'm glad that we addressed that. Um, Mm -hmm. Thank you also, Gavin, for including it in this wonderful email. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I think this is a good area to kind of shoehorn Chris Haynes' <laughs> recent report from last week that Kawhi Leonard is ahead of schedule and trying to return this season. Um, but it also just kind of, uh, you know, where we were just talking about title favorites and who can actually win the championship. And I don't know if you saw Jamal Murray posted 
a video on Instagram of him doing like a windmill dunk in the mm-hmm. practice facility the other day. And it's just like, okay, what, like, I, I'm not a doctor, but what is the difference between throwing down a windmill <laughs> and like playing in a game? I know there's like can lateral it, movement. Right. And all I, that. I, I, like, I, can, I, I would like to genuinely hear some of the science behind like uh, minutes restrictions also. I'm not saying that I disagree with them. I'm just curious on a scientific perspective, like how it works for someone like Clay Thompson, who it's like you're ready to play in an NBA game, but only a certain, like, I don't know. I'm just interested by it. But anyway, on with the, the science behind the ramp up is what you want. Yeah. Like, isn't the part before <laughs> you get in the game, the ramp up, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, 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 yeah. I, you know, I think a lot of it is also, they don't know what they're talking about, to be honest. Like it's yeah. just a, a lot of mysterious, um, what have you's and, uh, yeah, I don't, it's a very cloudy field and yeah. even the professionals aren't a hundred percent certain. But when I just saw Jamal Murray do a windmill, I was like, yeah. what is the difference between this and playing in the, like, how far can this person actually right. be from competing in the NBA? Um, which brings us again to like, to Gavin's question, um, and to answer it just like outright, like I think the answer is Jamal Murray. I think, I think that, the answer is Murray as well. Yeah, because like we've seen Davis, we've seen that movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. we've seen healthy Davis on the Lakers. Um, even if they exclusively played him at the five with Trevor Ariza, you know, with maybe Kendrick Nunn comes back and they just have more options with Malik Monk, supposedly the savior who just is a complete no show against the Grizzlies last night. Um, Monk has been good. Monk was my favorite signing of theirs. And he's been <laughs> okay. Fair. I won't bag on Monk too. Yeah. Um, but as great as LeBron has looked, I just, I can't, I just don't consider them. A t- I, well, I Kendrick Nunn is going to come back and play major minutes too, according to Frank Vogel. That doesn't yes, change your, exactly. maybe we should amend this question to say AG and Kendrick Nunn. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought yeah. about doing that in the outline. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But even though if you look at the Nuggets, you know, their net rating is 17th right now. They're 20 and 18, you know. Dude, the Nuggets um, are like a high school movie or something. The, the, to be frank, I don't this is this question's <laughs> not even close. We've seen Anthony Davis this season and the Lakers were middling then too, okay? Uh, like Nikola Jokic is having one of the all-time seasons. One of the all-time seasons. He's been spectacular, okay? And he's doing this with half the nights his starting backcourt being Austin Rivers and Faku Campazo, who, frankly, at this stage in their careers, at best, at best, are backup guards, backup point guards, okay? I, I mean, it's insane what the Joker has done. It's truly one of the, the most unstoppable, unheralded, under-the-radar superstar seasons of all time. And you're talking about putting next to him an all-star caliber explosive guard i mean that dramatically changes their ceiling i think they have a chance frankly to win the title with the healthy jamal even with michael porter jr out that's just that's just what it would mean to put another competent warm body next to Jokic as opposed to what he's been playing with most nights so i i think a healthy murray again i mean there's a video of him dunking i don't know how realistic it is to expect him to be jamal murray once he comes back from this injury, but if he's anything close to what he was, I mean, Joker's been right up there with KD, Giannis, and Steph in terms of best player in the world this season, and it would make a massive difference to get him some serious help. 
if 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 Murray comes back uh, right around the All Star break, right after the All Star break, I would expect him to look like Jamal Murray by the time the playoffs started. Like, why why wouldn't we? You know what I mean? Like, I doubt that there would be some heavy minutes restriction. Again, not a doctor. Saw him do a windmill on Instagram. That's really all I yeah. need to see. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you look at the some of the lineup data here. So. Uh, the starting five for uh, the Nuggets, uh, Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, Jokic, Monte Morris, and Jeff Green. Their offensive rating, that's their number one used five-man mm-hmm. unit this season. The offensive rating is 121.6. That's like, that's not, uh, that does not compute in like reality when it comes to mm-hmm. assessing and analyzing how offenses function. It's just the net rating is nine. Like they're very, they de- so the defense isn't even like that excellent, but they're just very good. Jokic is probably, I mean, the, the conversation about who the best player in the world is, I, I, I don't think there's an answer right now, to be honest certainly, with you. Certainly, like, certainly. No disrespect to Kevin Durant. Um, who I still would take above anyone for one playoff series. But Giannis is on a tear this season. He's been out of his mind. And as you said, Jokic's numbers are they're surreal. They're like historical. Yeah. Like if he keeps this up, he's gonna be one of the greatest players who ever can you, lived. So can you repeat can you repeat their offensive rating one more time? It's one twenty one point six. Yeah, that's higher than the Warriors' death lineup with Kevin Durant in 2017, for context. That means <laughs> Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, and Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, and Draymond Green, their offensive rating was 120.9 in the 2017 season. And the, the Nuggets are doing better than that with Jokic, Barton, Green, uh, Morris, and... I don't, I don't even remember the fifth person now. Wow, that was incredible Sorry. on the on the yeah. fly uh, yeah. statistical lookup yeah. by you. Yeah, wow. Thank you. I'm very yeah. impressed. Thank you. I'm not even Thank gonna you. lie. That's incredible <laughs> stuff. Um, so I did. You know, I'm not trying to like call you out, but when Michael Porter Jr. I remember we had a conversation mm-hmm. when Michael Porter Jr. Your eyes just went up when I just said yeah. I'm not trying to call I, you out because you're about to call me out. No, I think didn't you say that you thought that the Nuggets should consider blowing it up, or am I misremembering? I didn't think they should. I never said blow it up. I was like, I don't think it would be crazy for them to slow play it the rest of the season. I I was not like, oh, you got to get rid of everyone. I was like, I don't think it's crazy if you maybe take a step back. And it, you have to remember at that time, Jokic was missing some games too. He had an injury, so. Right. There, I think there was a case to be made. And, you know, in my mild defense, I, I, they've hovered mostly around 500 since then. Um, I think they've benefited. No, yeah, they, can, haven't been, they haven't yeah. been great. And they've also... Sits, they, they die. Yeah, and they've also benefited a bit this year from the West being pretty bad. You know, from the fifth spot on down, there are not a lot of heavy hitters there. So, you know, I think a couple things kind of broke in their favor. I, I was never suggesting blow it up. I mean, we've had the trade MPJ conversation on here a few times, which is entirely different and not what I want to get into now. But, yeah, I mean, they, I think they've had a couple of good things break their way in that sense, and the West not being very good. Um, Jokic playing as great as he is despite the injuries and the burden he's had to carry. But, 
yeah, I, I mean, it's it's Jokic with help is going to be nuts. I didn't know this until I did a little bit of on the fly statistical oh. research here. You, you couldn't you couldn't have been... me being the only person doing the on the fly statistical. No, I didn't. You you won up me, and I was <laughs> like, oh, that's not. We can't let yeah. that stand. Um, this man leads the NBA in defensive rebound rate. He's averaging 14 rebounds a game. I did not realize that he yeah, was he's just, just that ridiculous. And he'd probably have more assists, too, if he was playing with like starting-level players most nights. Instead, he's like kicking out to Compazzo, who's like pump-faking air. and then <laughs> just, Yeah, I, it's he's been remarkable. I know that like uh, he just... He flies under the radar, man. He doesn't have a media empire. He doesn't have a signature shoe. You know, he's just this big, goofy guy. He did kind of maim Markeith Morris there and cause him to miss almost two months with a neck injury. But uh, wait, before we go on, I don't know if you did you see Markeith Morris's uh, tweet? I did. Him a sloppy fat boy. I did. That was a little, if, if a little was, bit of a dated reference. I, <laughs> a little bit of a dated reference from Markeith Morris. If I was Jokic, I'm getting a signature shoe, and I'm calling it the Sloppy the Fat sloppy Boy. The Sloppy Fat Boy. And here's, that's what here's, it's going to say. Here's what I'll say. Um, I can understand why Markeith Morris, who once again has now missed almost two months as a direct result of that shot he took <laughs> from wild. Jokic. I am not uh, – I'm understanding of why he might be very upset. Um I mean, the man got hit in the spine, and he's been out. Like, I've, have you ever heard of an NBA player missing this much time with whiplash? It, it's It's been – it, clearly, it was a very serious injury, and, I, I mean – It was a violent just, collision. It was really violent, and it's just kind of a strange situation because nobody likes Siv, and Markeith did kind of start it, but, yeah, that's not been uh, – I can understand why he's upset. Let me put it that way. Okay, so I think we're in agreement here. Jamal Murray. What well, should we, we, I, we? We completely have not talked about Kawhi. Do you want to? I was just going to say, Kawhi can we bring up Kawhi? I was just about to say the same thing. So the nature of that report was interesting. Just to give people the proper context, Chris Haynes, who is a great reporter, um, I think clearly, like he wanted to like get this one out on TV. Like TNT had the Thursday games back on um, after they'd moved to Tuesday nights in deference to the NFL. And, you know, Haynes kind of drops this bombshell on the TV. I believe he's right. The problem is we don't know what Kawhi's schedule was, so we have no idea what ahead of schedule means either. Only that he's, I guess, considering playing this season, but I guess I kind of always thought he was considering playing this season. I just don't know how excited to actually get. That's a good-tempered way to react to this news. I, on the other hand, have already booked my finals uh, hotel in Los Angeles. I'm just oh, ready so to go. Oh, so you're not going to crash with me. I see. <laughs> I am I never got an, the invitation. I, I we're not going to do the open floor hype house. <laughs> <laughs> we're just filming TikToks all day. <laughs> we can assess um, okay. offline for sure. But, you know, I said that I wasn't going to get ahead of my skis and pick a title content or title favorite. What was that, 15 minutes ago? Mm-hmm. And, like, if, you know, big if, if Kawhi Leonard comes back shortly after the All Star break, looks great, 
I I love the Clippers. Like they were my preseason pick, and mm. a lot of that was was based on on Kawhi. He's like I I I think he's second to none truly when he's a hundred percent healthy. I'd take him just about over anyone. Ooh, and, I, you ooh, just I, seconds hey, I, I, no, just I know. seconds ago you were not ready to have the best player in the world conversation. Well, now no, you're ready I, to take you know, Kawhi off the knee injury. <laughs> no, it's all fair. I I go down with the ship when it comes to Kawhi. Longtime listeners know, um, but I'm just talking like in like for a playoff run. If this guy is healthy, he just he, he does every. I, like there's no weaknesses. I I don't see weaknesses with him. And I love the defense. I love the defensive versatility of the lineups. You can play around him, and I think they would have won the title last year if he didn't get hurt. But it's like you know. I look at the Clippers team and they're so they're so fascinating. Like with Paul George out, with Kawhi out, they they beat the Hawks Dude, and the Hawks seven. We're going to talk about them in a minute, man. but like the Clippers, they, compete, yeah, they man. they do, and they have <laughs> tremendous coaching. They yes. have lineups. Shout that out work. to Everybody Ty Lue, Dan Craig, um, Justice Winslow, man, getting some run, having some moments. Shout out to Justice. He's in the rotation. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to him. Shout out to um, coffee, just like hitting Luke, every three. Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson. Um, here's what I'll say about Kawhi, which once again, uh, let me ask you this, Mike. If you had to bet every dollar in your bank account, does Kawhi Leonard play this season? Uh, if I had to make that bet, um, I would say, man. I, I I don't even know how to answer this question. I, I probably I would say no, honestly. Mm, yeah. uh, but I mean, it's what gives me we hope is play. the f- yeah. yeah. What gives me hope is the initial diagnosis of partial tear. Again, I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> when Spencer Dinwiddie had a partial tear, he was available to play last year after like six months or whatever it was. So. I, we just don't have enough information, yeah. and that makes me that makes yeah. me nervous both ways. Um, but here's what I'd say: if he is somehow healthy and ready to go in time for the playoffs, man, the West, the final—I mean, they'd have five teams. With if let's say Jamal and Kawhi are both back, there are going to be like five teams that, in almost like any other year, would be such a clear-cut title favorite between the Warriors, Suns, Jazz. Nuggets and Clippers, any two of those facing off in a conference finals. Could you imagine a Clippers-Warriors conference finals? This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. 
can I can I throw two other teams into this mix, like without being hot takey? Like Memphis? the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis Grizzlies have a guy who, when they take the floor, he's going to be right up there with anybody mm-hmm. he's on the floor with as the best player. He's absolutely incredible. His block last night. We talk about like the NBA needed this. The NBA needs I, John Morant. I, <laughs> I literally yelled from my couch when I saw that block. I it was literally like literally yelled. Yeah, it was one of those. I need to hit the rewind button on my DVR remote like six times to process what I just saw. Truly wow, ridiculous. The, truly wow, the most the acrobatic I, block I've ever the seen. I have DVR flex. Wow. I. Is, that's a flex. I, I was, I was unaware. It's a little of bit that. of a flex, I'm, Michael. I'm, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> the block was incredible. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but the other and, team, and we don't need to get into like a big th- long thing here, but maybe we will in a future episode. But like, I think the the Dallas Mavericks are creeping, man. They are creeping. They have wow. a top five defense. I've never been I have not been a believer in this team as you know as our listeners know basically since Luca arrived nothing against Luca just against the supporting cast all the moves they made <laughs> No disrespect to Luca just every single other player well, People think I hate team. people think I hate Luca and I'm like mm. no I think he's a transcendent talent but like I'm sorry it takes more than one player to win a championship but the recipe that they have right now is Luca plus top 5 defense now I'm now I'm interested. If that if the defense is real and yesterday, um, like I said, they're top five and the defense that they played against the Chicago Bulls yesterday, one of the better offenses in basketball, and they were healthy, the Bulls were, um, holding them to ninety nine points, I think. Uh they just look really good. And Chris Stapps hasn't even been on the floor, and Chris Stapps hasn't been a problem defensively this season. He's been actually been really good as well. Um, not really playing the five, playing a lot of a lot of splitting his time between the two front court positions and it's been really successful for them. So I, I, I don't, I, I think we should throw them into the, the mix. I don't think they're as good as the Warriors. I don't think they beat the Warriors, but I do think that in a playoff series against most teams in the West, like I don't like, I think it's going to be a battle is what else mm. like. And, and if they were to upset a team like Phoenix, it wouldn't shock me at all. I guess. I mean, I guess is what I'm trying to say. We, I mean, I think that's a, a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I will say, like them giving a team a paddle is basically what they've they've been the last two years. Um, uh, it's fair. Yeah. Very Here, fair. can I can I give you my uh, off the board kind of under the radar take that we can? I want to move on from right after I say it. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the Chicago Bulls are getting a little overrated. That's all I'm gonna say. That's wow. all I'm going to They're say. They're gonna come for you. They are gonna that, come for are. you. You're right. Mean, we don't need to listen, even linger. That do, listen. It doesn't mean it hasn't been an incredible season. Doesn't mean it hasn't been very fun. Doesn't mean Demar Derozan <laughs> shouldn't be top five in MVP. Not denying all of those things. Just think. You know, I saw. You know, there's. I think they've played like five less games than most teams in the East. Um, just that's just something that it's 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 a. Uh, it's just uh, something that's in my mind. I'm keeping an eye on it. I got an eye on the situation. We're definitely just going to move on here. I mm-hmm. do not want to catch any of the smoke for this one. Um, well, let's move on to this email we have from Jamie, which is uh, 
a fun one. And listeners, please don't get angry at me. It's another Celtics email. I know we had a conversation on Friday about the Celtics. Chris and I did a long one. And then I um, was catching heat for that conversation on Twitter. Someone you whose, were. Twitter, whose Twitter <laughs> name is literally like, let's go Celtics. It's like, I can't believe Rohan said this on the pod. And I, I texted you. I was like, I was like, I don't remember every word I've said on this podcast, but I, I don't remember saying this. And you were like, that wasn't you. So let's go Celtics. If you're listening to this, get your host straight. Um, Chris and I are very different in so many ways. Um, you know, just, yeah, if you're going to tweet at me, I'm all for people being upset with the things I say on this podcast. I believe uh, last week somebody said they wanted to swing on me, and I was like, yeah, right. I probably said something um, that elicited such a response, but, you know, <laughs> at least I said it. So get your host right, people. Get your host right. Agree. Get your host right. I think it was Marcus Smart's burner. Yeah, is, that's uh, right. Was the, the name of that, yeah, that Twitter yeah. user. But Jamie, anyway, Jamie writes in and he says, hello, I am the founder and as far as I can tell, sole member of the hashtag Trade Tatum movement. I'm not someone who does the figuring out how or to whom, <laughs> but he is obviously the piece to trade, not Jalen Brown. Besides the fact that he has great initials, Jalen Brown is so clearly the player who learns and grows both in terms of skill and maturity year to year and who seems like an actual potential leader of a basketball team. Jason Tatum, as much as I love him, is a bad shot maker in the classic Dominique Wilkins, Antoine Walker mode. Yeah, I'm wicked old. I get why no one talks about trading Tatum, but I think that's stupid. Isn't there some pithy saying about selling high? Thoughts? Fantasy? Jason Tatum trades? Shouldn't this be an actual topic of conversation? Uh, Jamie, thank you so much for um, that email. Uh, I before I throw it to you, Rohan. I think I know. You, like you, we play characters sometimes, as you have alluded to <laughs> yes, on the show. Yes, yes. Um, I hope that you are able to step out of that character and, and agree with me that trading Jason Tatum is uh, absolutely ridiculous, and uh, there should be no trade Tatum movement. He's twenty three year old, two time All Star, made All NBA team two years ago. Uh, averaged 30 in the playoffs last season against the Nets, averaged 25, 10, and 5 in the bubble throughout 17 playoff games. I, I, like I, Putting the case together for why you shouldn't trade him seems silly to me, even though I'm starting to, but like, where, where do you fall on this email? Well, let's slow down a little bit, Mike. I mean, if the Celtics oh, could have... If the Celtics could have sold high on Antoine Walker back in the day, I mean... <laughs> Um, listen, we were texting about this because, like, every single game now, you get some kind of trade Tatum or trade Jalen Brown take. Every single game. This is the most, like, one of the most manufactured out of thin air storylines I've ever seen in my life. This is right up there with Kyler Murray is undefeated in Dallas because he won three, like, high school games there. Um, this is right up there with like Ryan Tannehill used to play. Two was three and zero against the Patriots. I, I mean, he Just is totally He's, media contrived. I mean, he media, beat him on the road. He beat him at creation. home. They whooped him on Sunday. It wasn't even close until they got a couple garbage time totally touchdowns. He thoroughly outplayed Mac Jones. Uh, the Dolphins are the most disciplined team. You asked me not to play a character, and that, that you're going to bring that up. 
So, like, whatever happens from here on is your Just throw fault. the mask on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, has Tatum ever been as confident since Bam Adebayo blocked him at the rim? I'd love to see his splits from before and after that moment. Um, <laughs> here's... Okay, but in all seriousness, as I was saying, before you rudely interrupted me and had to go full Boston guy, even as I was trying to throw you a bone, trying to extend an olive branch, was it? this is just a, 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 like an absurdly silly manufactured storyline that makes no sense. Why would they trade either of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? There's no need to trade either of them. They're both exactly the kinds of players every single championship team wants. It's foolish to think of trading for any of them. You, we discussed this. I mean, you wrote your column last week about a potential Jalen Brown trade, and the whole point is, it's like, what are you going to get back for Jalen Brown? That's all of a sudden going to fix your team. Or, I do think the front office, whether it's uh, Danny Ainge, who didn't have like one of his old Celtics buddies to make a ridiculous trade for him on his behalf this time, like Mikhail oh, did in two thousand eight. Oh my god! Um, or or the oh, Bugman, Brad, the cult leader, Brad Stevens. Um, in all seriousness, though, I understand they've had some unfortunate situations that were a little bit out of their control, where that was Kyrie, uh, Gordon Hayward to an extent. But the front office, I think, deserves some scrutiny because, and I told you this before the season, we, we ranked Jason Tatum ahead of um, Jimmy Butler, for example, on our top 100 list. That's how high we both hit. That's how high we are in Jason Tatum. Yes. I don't, I don't think we think there's a huge gap between Jalen Brown and Bam Adebayo. Um, but my point being, I think the Celtics have title contender cornerstones in Tatum and Brown, and the fact that they haven't figured out the rest of the roster. I'm not saying it's easy, but when you have guys that talented, to me, there's no reason that they should be in the position they're in. I understand they've had injuries, they've had COVID. Uh, the Bucks did, the Heat did, uh, the Nets did, um, the Bulls certainly have. Like every good team in the East, every good team in the league, frankly, every team in the league has dealt with some level of COVID or injuries this year. I, I just don't know. It To me, it's, it's unacceptable where they are. And that doesn't mean they should trade one of their two best guys. But I do think that their front office deserves more scrutiny because they they have two guys who are as good as any duo in the league. They should be further along than where they are. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all very fair. There's a new head coach. He's trying to implement a system that is, I think, clearly not something that Tatum or Jalen are comfortable playing if you just watch this team. And it's been rocky. And that, that is a fact. That, you're adding context here. That matters. Uh, as you said, I think the front office deserves some scrutiny um, for... Mostly like how they treated the draft, and I addressed that in the story. Uh, just picks that you know they ha- literally had Desmond Bain. Like Desmond Bain is like a pseudo All Star this year, and I am not even exaggerating. Like no, he's Bain on one of the be best teams in the Western on Conference. This team. Yes, yeah. So you literally draft him and then you trade him. You literally have Matisse Thybul and then you trade him. Um, it's that's it's just frustrating stuff. And and those and the, and I'm uh, glad you brought that up because the, that that frankly and listen the draft is hard most teams are bad at it but that's the difference it's finding those guys that's the difference between being where you are and being you know one of the top teams in the East because you nailed your role players um, yeah I'm glad you brought that up because those guys those are the kinds of guys that make the difference. 
Speaking of uh, Danny Ainge, the best GM of his generation. Um, Yikes. Yikes. I have a I have a fun fake trade oh, I just God. want to throw out there. Okay. And I th- there there are caveats here. I do not think this will happen this season. It, it won't happen this season before the trade deadline. But if the Utah Jazz struggle in the playoffs in the same way that they did last year, where just they're getting burned in the perimeter and Rudy Gobert is, you know, just looking like a man on a deserted island, uh, trying to run out to the corners and just getting burned over and over again. If that happens again to this team in the playoffs, Marcus Smart plus salary for Mike Conley is going to happen. I can feel it in my bones. I can. So I'm just going to throw that out there into the universe. <laughs> no. Let no. people know. <laughs> get it on record. Please tell me tell me why that is that is an egregious idea in your mind. It depends who the plus salary is because the it can't just be filler guys. It has to be someone who Utah actually wants in their rotation. Okay, well fundamentally what is wrong with do, do you just not think that Marcus Smart is a good defensive player? Like, what is the criticism? No, I here? think he's a good defensive player, but I think the gap between him and Mike Conley is too big to do what's essentially a one-for-one-plus filler. Well, the argument would be that Mike Conley's Mike 34 Conley's, years old. Yeah, but he's he's still no slouch defensively. They play well when he's on the floor. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, sure. All of his minutes are tied to Rudy Gobert. That's a part of the reason why his defensive numbers are so strong. But if you just watch in the playoffs, hey, like, no, see. I'm not blaming Mike Conley. Yeah, this is not me blaming Mike Conley. Uh-huh, I just think uh-huh. that it's an interesting trade, and maybe a pick. I'm sure is involved. you do think I don't know. it's interesting. Yeah, I'm sure you I, do hey, think it's interesting. I, 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 um, I do think it's. Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Um, can I throw something out at you? Um, yeah, sure. That's so out of left field. I don't know that you're going to be able to compute it right away. I won't continue. Um, okay, so I thought it. I I thought it was interesting a couple of days ago. The Suns signed Bismack Biombo for the rest of the season, and I texted this to you and Jeremy Wu and Chris Herring in our NBA group chat. I was like, "Do you think there's any chance <laughs> the Suns would trade DeAndre Ayton?" Uh, before the deadline and Wu was like no that's preposterous and you were like oh it's a fun hypothetical the Aiden situation in Phoenix is interesting because their starting lineup has not been as good this season as it was last year especially during the playoffs they've played really well with Biombo on the floor with Chris Paul they played really well with Jalen Smith on the floor with Chris Paul they've blown teams off the court with uh, JaVale McGee on the floor uh, with Chris Paul on the start so it's been interesting I also don't think they're going to trade Aiton. I'm not really worried about it. But I, I've i come up with a little bit of a fake trade. Since you threw out a Celtics fake trade, I'll throw out a Heat fake trade. Oh, I don't, wonderful. I, this is just one I literally thought of. It's some kind of like, it's I, I can't sleep. So it's like 2.30 in the morning I think of these things. Um, I guess maybe throw out salaries for a second or maybe they would match up. But tell me... Tell me if you think either of these teams would make this trade if it gets laughed off the out the door immediately. Both teams say no, whatever. What if the Suns called up the Heat and said, we'll send you DeAndre Ayton and Mikhail Bridges in exchange for Bam Adebayo and Duncan Robinson? 
Uh, well, okay. My first reaction is this is a type of trade where it never happens because both teams think that their pieces are better than the other team's pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, Bam Adebayo is the best player in the deal by a wide margin, maybe. Um, so the Heat are just like, why, why would we do this? That makes no sense for us. I mean, he's posited as like the next Udonis Haslam, the next Dwayne Wade right. of yeah. the organization. Like, I, I, he's as un, I don't think he's untradeable, but he's as untradeable as guys are in today's league. So I don't think that that would ever happen. I also, I just think like you're getting worse if you're Miami. Maybe um, it's the it, it comes best, down like a to ne- neutral move. Is is the downgrade from Bam to Aiton? Uh bigger than the upgrade from Robinson to Bridges. Well, I think like Duncan Robinson, you're saying like in a playoff series defensively, he's targeted and right, Mikael Bridges right. is one of the better defenders. And I do think position. and I do think Duncan has uh, improved defensively by the way. I don't want to Ben he's been shooting the heck out of the ball since basically ever since Chris Mannix tweeted that uh Duncan Robinson was a bubble fraud. He's been shooting <laughs> lights out from three. <laughs> Shout out to you, Mannix. I've been. I'm sitting on that tweet. I'm sitting on that tweet. Uh, you know, just quote tweeting Mannix since his tweet. Duncan Robinson is shooting blank from three. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I just, mean, to I, just toss, I just toss. I just toss that one around. Miami says they no. says no. Okay. Okay. Miami says no. Um, it's a little interesting, though, right? It's a little interesting. And I think it would be interesting for Phoenix also. Uh, yeah, it would be interesting for Phoenix. I, they would love it. They get Bam Adebayo, absolutely. Yeah. And they don't have to worry about paying DeAndre Ayton or mm-hmm. worrying about if he's getting an offer sheet that's for three years and then yeah. they got to match that and then they're going to lose him. Um, so, yeah, no, I think, I think that in short, uh, Miami says no and Phoenix mm-hmm. probably says yes to that deal okay. yeah, is okay. what I would say. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Can we move on to uh, our next email, which uh, I'm going to peek behind the curtain real quick, let our listeners in. You, you you texted me last night. You said that this question was awful and that you That's hated a it. Lie. And you hated That's me. a lie. You hated yes. me for putting it in the outline. You, I did text you that I hated you. That was for different reasons. <laughs> Here's the actual peek behind the curtain. Uh, Mike comes up with the outline for the show. I read it over. I'm like, okay, yes. good to go. Literally for the first time ever, I told him 
truly for the first time since we started this podcast, I made a suggestion for the outline. And I was like, I don't know that I necessarily want to answer this one. But Mike was really excited to do it. And me, being the gracious co-host that I am, said, let's do it anyway. That's actually what happened. Yes, that is a more accurate representation (laughs) of reality. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's get into it, and we'll probably close with this one, Rowan. It comes in from Michael. So are we we not going to get to the Hawks today? Uh, We can. Uh, I feel like we should do this question and still get to the Hawks, yeah. Okay, okay. We can can do that. No doubt about it. There we go. Um, We're appeasing you. We're appeasing all of our Hawks (laughs) fans, listeners. There it is. Um, We'll we'll, we'll, we'll roll through this one pretty quick, and then we'll get to the Hawks. Okay, so it comes in from Michael, who writes, Hi, Rohan, Chris, and Michael, in no particular order. (laughs) This year's all-star discussion does not interest me for whatever reason. Maybe it feels like the rosters are obvious. But there is an all-star discussion that does interest me, and I was hoping you could weigh in. Who will be the all-star starters from each conference in the 2026-27 all-star game? Assume the rosters are populated by current NBA players and assume the players stay in their current conferences, however unrealistic that is. Keep up the great work, Michael in Seattle. So let's just, you know, I I told you that you didn't need to participate in this exercise beyond um, reacting to my team. So why don't we do, I'm just going to read you my Western Conference team Mm -hmm. and a few honorable mentions, and then you can, you can assess and then we'll go Eastern Conference and do the same thing. How does that sound? Sounds good. So two backcourt, three frontcourt, my two backcourt in the Western Conference for the 2026-27 All-Star game, John Morant, and Luka Doncic. Okay. Uh, there's really nothing controversial about either of those picks. Here's where we get absolutely wild. Uh, three front court. Uh, one is uh, like Nikola Jokic will be 32, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like he's just going to be an all-star starter until he decides he doesn't want to play basketball anymore. So I put him here. Uh, Zion Williamson. Okay. I am, uh, I'm believing in Zion. I'm not giving up on him. What team is he going to be playing for? the talent. That's, you know, I, uh, Michael, the, our writer here, said that I couldn't put him in the Eastern Conference, but I thought he was going to be on the Knicks. And, <laughs> uh, I see. Okay. Yeah, or the, or the Hawks or somewhere in the East. I don't know. But assuming if he does stay in the West, I got I to gotta put him here. I love Zion. Um, yes. And then the last guy I have here, this is where we get crazy and – you know, I was looking at the list, and uh, this player, in watching a lot of his games over the past few weeks, has just been really impressive in how he's grown and just what he can accomplish on both ends. And I'm going with Jaron Jackson Jr. I love Trip. There we go. I like that pick a lot. I'm a big Jaron Jackson Absolutely. Jr. fan. I picked him to win most improved this year. I think that Morant injury helped him in some ways. And I think they're a better team because of it. So I like that pick a lot. Two Grizzlies. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the Grizzlies are going to be yeah, like, they're, uh, of course. Just they're a already good team really good. Yes. Uh, so a few honorable mentions real quick. I'll just run these through these. Uh, Anthony Edwards, Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Carl Anthony Towns, who I thought about having in Jaron Jackson Jr. spot, mm-hmm. but he's just a little bit older. And uh, Michael Porter Jr. I'm throwing in here as an honorable oh, nice. mention. Uh, because if he gets healthy, he's very good. Okay, mm-hmm. Eastern Conference, two backcourt, Trey Young, Cade Cunningham. 
Okay, I like that. I like that. Uh, Three front court. uh, My guy Jason Tatum. Just got to put him in here. Of course, right. Um, Playing for the Lakers, though. Giannis. He will not be. Giannis, who is going to be 33, I think. And Mm. by then, we'll just be shooting 45% from behind the three-point line. And uh, Evan Mobley is my third guy. Ah. I... Mobley had some really nice moments in that Warriors game yesterday. Um, There were a couple possessions where he was being guarded by Bielitsa in the first half and was – I've never seen a player more aggressively call for the ball this season than when Mobley had Bielitsa on him. And I think the two straight possessions He was was cooking Bielitsa. They had to take him out of the game immediately. Like two straight possessions ended Um, in dunks. Yeah, so shout out to Evan Mobley. My, my, I don't have a ton of honorable mentions, honestly. Um, Scotty Barnes, who looks, I mean, he's just in- incredible, might win Rookie of the Year. Bam, we just talked about Bam, and uh, Lamelo Ball. Those are my three yeah. honorable mentions for guys who yeah. could a lot of a lot conceivably of start. Bam disrespect. I see how it is. This is the opposite of disrespect, but uh, honorable. You, put Evan you were the one who wanted to trade that. him to Phoenix. Yeah. Well, Evan, Evan Mobley is a transcendent <laughs> transcendent player. Okay. Uh, you wanted to talk about the Hawks. I know why you wanted to talk about the Hawks, because this email was very special, near and dear to your heart. Uh, it comes in from Adam, who writes, Hello, Open Floor Podcast. I started Paradise Inferno. On Netflix. Oh, I totally forgot I usually, about this. <laughs> I usually don't like these shows, but this time I love it. It got me thinking, maybe Rohan knows what's what. I'm ready to dive into Love Island, but I don't know where to watch it. Please help me out. Rohan, it's do you on, want to, before I continue with this email? Yes, it's on Hulu. Please check it out. This is not an ad. Love Island is on Hulu. Make sure you watch <laughs> Love Island UK. Not Australia. Not U.S., Love Island, U.K., start with season five, and then go from there. Watch any season you want, but yes, you won't regret it. It's just too many caveats for me to, to dive in. I'm sorry. It's like There's not a ca- single caveat. There's one caveat. Just you watch literally the, just watch the original were, version. I can't. I can't. I can't watch the Australian version. I can't watch the the version. I, I'm not that saying you presumably can't. <laughs> filmed in my country. Oh my god! And I have I'm to skip the first the four seasons. No, you don't have to. I'm okay. just giving him a recommendation of my favorite season. Don't try to turn this around and okay. make excuses for why you haven't watched Love Island yet, because it's frankly pathetic it's, that you have it. It's. It's no Married at First Sight, which is currently the best show on television. Oh my God. And we don't need to get into how many, we'll how save many it for episodes the off-season. of Married at First Sight are there? How are you still watching it? It's been like a year of you watching Married program. at First Sight. We'll see what happens is they, they have one season and they finish it and then they have new contestants who want to get married at first sight and then they start oh a different season in a different city. And it's just and this season they're in Boston, so it's near and dear to my soul and it's oh wonderful. Oh my god. Um Okay, let's continue on with Adam's email. Uh, he writes, oh, yeah, basketball. Why do the Hawks stink? As always, love the pod. Um, so, Adam, thank you for writing in. Uh, we touched on the Hawks a little bit last week in the Jalen Brown trade. Uh, Jalen Brown for DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, Jalen Johnson, and two first-round picks that I wrote about on SI.com that everyone can go check out. But the Hawks have been one of the most disappointing teams in the league. Uh, I mean, bare bones, if you look at it, their offense is humming. 
third best offense in the NBA, and their defense is terrible. So we can get into the particulars here. But in our text thread, we actually mm-hmm. – uh, I forget who initially sent it, it out. It was me. This is why I wanted to bring this up, but go ahead. Oh, okay. It was yeah. you. No, please. Uh, uh, please. You take the floor from here and let us know why well, you sent what you sent. I mean, the Hawks, I think everyone just kind of assumes, oh, they're going to write the ship and they're going to be fine. And Obviously, there were really high expectations on them coming into the season. It's funny. Sometimes I – we talk about playing characters on the show. There are times where I don't have conviction, and I'm not really sure how I feel about a team. And I was a little bit like, I don't really get the Hawks hype this year. You know, some people were like, I think they're going to finish as high as third in the conference, you know, maybe second, et cetera. And I was like, am I just not seeing something? Everyone seems to be agreeing on this. And, like, lo and behold, they've struggled. I, don't, I mean, I never thought they'd struggle this much. But the the, the last four playing spots in the East – are, are not going to be easy. I mean, Charlotte, nope. Washington, and Chicago. I mean, I guess Washington was in the, the play-in last year. Um, but, like, there is an absolute fight to be in the playoffs in the East this year. It's not going to be easy. Um, the Knicks right now are on the outside looking in. The Hawks are on the outside looking in. I, I, Indiana is kind of a swing team because if they don't sell off pieces, I think they – have the ability to go on a little bit of a run. Boston's fighting for a playing spot. It's going to be really hard for those teams to make the playoffs. And Atlanta's in that group. I mean, they're going from conference finals to it's going to be a fight for them to get into the play-in. And I, that's pretty crazy. I, I, I don't, It's kind of a, to me, I understand that it's a little early to be looking at standings, etc. But but no one's, I, I haven't seen no, anyone not. really talking about yeah, I just don't think anyone's really discussing the fact that we're now really at the halfway point of the season. Most teams have played around 40, 41 games. And I believe if the playoffs started today, they'd be out, Mike. Not even in the play I think they're out of the play currently. Yeah, they're 17-22, and 12th in the East. The In the West, that's the Sacramento Kings. They're 12th in the West. So that's kind of like the parallel there. Um and yeah, the Hawks have been have been the bad. Hawks would be, and... they'd be they'd be tenth in the West because the West is really bad this year. But yeah, <laughs> I guess that's that's they, fair. Yeah, they um, are um, they're going to be in a fight. I mean, Toronto's good. I think Charlotte's good. Washington, I think we both agreed is the team at most risk of falling out. But I mean, New York, Atlanta, and Indiana. I mean, Indiana's four games out of ten, which is quite a bit. But yeah, it, it's. A really crazy situation. They're in a serious hole. Like they're in a serious hole. Even so, if they make it through the plan, you're gonna have to play, you know, possibly Chicago, Brooklyn, or Milwaukee in round one. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, basketball Reference their uh, playoff <laughs> probability uh, chart gives the Hawks a ten percent chance to make the playoffs, and. Uh, a 14.3% chance to have the 10th seed going into the play-in, which is their most likely slot. And obviously being in the 10th or the 9th is not great compared to being 7th or 8th. you got to do more stuff. you got to win an extra game, mm-hmm. and that's harder. And then, like you said, you got to play the number one seed uh, most likely. 
after that. So, yeah, their their path right now. I just think like I don't know. You you see these reports now. They're they're the team du jour right now about uh, uh, to acquire potentially Ben Simmons and. Uh, the Athletic had a report today saying, uh, you know, John Collins is very upset with his situation and his touches and his as usage, he should be. Which is I mean, an annual thing. But Collins also seems, frankly, to be the one. I, I mean, Capella's always been good defensively, but Collins seems to be the one trying the hardest defensively, or the one trying to make it most work on that end of the floor. I mean, I know that Trey Young video was going viral. Over the weekend, but it's true. I mean, he dies on screens. He gets lost off the ball. He gets caught ball watching, etc. Their their perimeter defense has just been a mess. And at some point, like Capella's not Gobert. He's great, but he can only cover up so much. Uh, they're just getting, you know, gashed on the perimeter every night. I mean, I love Anthony Simons. Him going off, them giving up all those points to the Blazers, losing to the Blazers without Lillard and McCollum Whoa. and Trey on going for fifty six. I mean, listen, I like Anthony Simons. He's a great player. I don't think that the Hawks, with Trey Young scoring 56 points, should ever be in a position to lose to a Blazers team that doesn't have Lillard or McCollum. Or at least lose in a defensive struggle, not giving up all those points. Um, They've just been, I think, a disaster defensively. And I don't know what the options are. I mean, they want to maybe trade Cam Reddish. They want to maybe trade DeAndre Hunter. Um, I mean, Hunter's obviously been hurt which I think is such a big part of this. I understand, honestly, why they'd be in the mix for someone like Simmons because they just need help on the perimeter so desperately. But, yeah, this is like a massive, massive step back for them, which, I mean, it would be one thing if, okay, they finished maybe somewhere in the 4-8 to range and they were a little bit worse than last year but could make some noise in the playoffs, but... Like, this is, to me, a very concerning step back. And as you mentioned, I mean, the fact that Collins is upset, et cetera, I mean, this could have some serious consequences. It's, I think, to me, he's like one of the under-discussed stories in the NBA, but they've been a, probably the biggest disappointment this season outside of New York, too. They've been, they've been disappointing. I think that uh, COVID does not hit every team equally, even mm-hmm. though everyone is technically impacted by the pandemic. And they've been hit really hard. They had a lot of games that they had to play that were not postponed, where other teams benefited from having games postponed. And I think that organization was pretty upset by some of the the games that they had to play, and they were pulverized in those games because they were playing like six or seven, not six or seven, but a bunch of guys who were hardship signings or or Mm -hmm. players who were not on the team at the start of the season. So, uh, you know, I I am still, I'm not bullish on the Hawks. Uh, You know, Travis Schlenk came out last week on the radio and said maybe he miscalculated last season and their success and keeping everyone together, which was very strong, strong words that you don't usually hear a GM say this early in a season especially after giving extensions to, I mean, Trey was always going to get an extension, but Trey, John Collins got $125 million. Kevin Herter got an extension. Uh, Nate McMillan got an extension. So it's it's going to be pretty interesting to see how they treat the trade deadline in addressing their defense. You know, even just a guy like Solomon Hill, who's not, you know, who's a veteran three and D who doesn't really shoot threes all that well, like having him go down, it just hurts, honestly. And, um, 
you need solid pieces like that that were able to contribute last season. DeAndre Hunter, I mean, the on-offs, he hasn't played a ton this season, but when he's been on the floor, their defense has been great. And I'm not saying one player is the be-all, end-all, but getting him back will help, I would think. So we'll see with Atlanta. I think they'll make the playoffs, um, not just the play-in. I think they'll make the playoffs and be dangerous. You think they're going to get all in to six? But no, I think they're going to – well, I think they're going to make the plane and then make the playoffs. I right, see. I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Six is uh, – there's a lot of teams in front of them <laughs> right yeah, now, so yeah. I'm not going to go that far. But it's going to be interesting. And I, You know, they – as a Ben Simmons suitor, they are fascinating. I, I don't think that they have the pieces necessarily to get that done. I think they would have already made that trade, frankly, if they did have the pieces that made sense for that type of transaction. But – We'll see. I, I I don't know. It's it's they are certainly disappointing. I am not gonna dispute I, that, I think the, that label. I think the Hawks season ends during a playing game where the other team just hits a there it's like a close game and there's like a minute thirty left and the Hawks have maybe made a comeback and they're like losing by four or something like that. And then the other team just gets a wide open corner three on their next possession. <laughs> just and everyone's pointing at each other, everyone's with their heads out. And that guy's just holding his follow through. I don't know who it could be. Could be Miles Bridges. Could be Kyle Kuzma. Um, but that's how I think the Hawks season ends. It's a, a dagger three goes in with 90 seconds to go. And that player is wide open in the corner holding their follow through. I thought you were going to say uh, with 90 seconds left, a player gets the ball underneath the rim and can dunk it easily. But chooses to pass out and then something else happens yikes that's neither here nor there um okay rowan i think that that is going to do it for today's show thank you so much for joining me um apologies again on the destruction and demise of your favorite football team uh Thank you to our listeners. As always, please keep the emails coming in. Openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Everyone stay safe. Everyone, please continue to enjoy the NBA season. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.